Today we have a conversation with Preferred Shore Realtor Ivan Anakiev, who is relatively new to the real estate business and experiencing a lot of success. He was a top agent at the firm last month in May, and he's listed four properties over $2 million with a soon fifth coming next week and has already closed several of those sales. So experiencing a lot of success and, and he's an inspiration to a lot of other people who are watching his trajectory in his career. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Ivan Anakiev. Welcome to the Preferred Shore Podcast. Here's your host, Robert Milligan. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, Ivan. Thank you for having me, Robert. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have this conversation because one, you've earned it. You've been experiencing a lot of success in your business. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And there's a lot of agents in town who would love to learn about some of the ideas and principles that you have that's been serving you to attain this success. And you know, I think there's a lot of good entrepreneurial lessons in general here um, that, that could be universally applicable to anybody. But um, maybe if you want to just start from the beginning and tell us about your background and where you're from how you found Florida, all the, yeah. all the good stuff. Yeah, I would love to. Um, so I was, I am first generation Bulgarian. I was born and raised in Milwaukee, around the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area. We moved, my parents moved first to Sarasota. We had a business there, restaurant, kind of the same ordeal as we do here with Green Zebra. Okay. Which I'll get into that concept a little bit later, but moved here, brought everything, sold the business there, started up a new one here. That was 2004. 15, the end okay. of 2015, I think. Um, I moved about eight or nine months later. Got into the restaurant business with them, of course, right away. And then started real estate, what, about a year and nine months ago. Right, and, right. And, and um, you know, on, on the surface, maybe it would seem to a lot of outsiders from, from their perspective that you've kind of been living the real estate dream, <laughs> that it's been just kind of a rocket ship ride to the <laughs> to no, the sir. top no, sir. <laughs> but it uh, I'm sure it's not all just champagne toasts and you know fa fancy stuff I mean you, you've been working hard so yeah I mean I really <laughs> wish I could say it was and that it is but it's it's honestly further from it than it might seem um, it's a lot of work it's every day it's been like that since I started real estate and yeah. you know I can only assume it's going to be like this for the next I don't even know how many years yeah. <laughs> but it's great um, I love it it's it's consistent work which is very nice you i i got into it thinking i'm gonna have a flexible schedule and i make my own schedule kind of ordeal and that is true for the most part but that makes it so much harder because you have to make sure you stay productive throughout the whole day throughout the whole 24 hours the week 365 however long right. you decide you want to grind for but it's been no champagne toasts, a few champagne toasts, yeah. I should say, but well, it's just not all glamorous. It's yeah. not. It's not <laughs> There's it's a not. lot, a lot of work that goes on in the background, and mm -hmm. it evidently shows up in in the results. So, um, so you know, you started out in the service industry, I working did. with your parents and restaurants and things. Tell us about maybe how those formative years kind of shaped the way that you work, or maybe the discipline that you have. I'd love to maybe just learn a little bit more about that. Um, it's sh it shaped everything to how I am right now as far as working, um, just because you get all types of customers when they come in. You know, you get the very happy ones, you get the ones that just can't be pleased. But throughout that whole experience, you always have to maintain positivity, a smile, mm -hmm. make sure you survive. You get you get a team concept constantly, whether you're in the kitchen or up front. Mm -hmm. You're always working with a group. And my position at the restaurant with it being not just because it's my family's restaurant, but just because I was, you know, I've been there for a long time. I understand how the management works. I was always kind of guiding 
some of the some of the people there's a lot of employees that were right up there with me but a lot of the time we kind of mm-hmm. formed and we would tell everybody else what to do and you manage everyone you know sure. and and sometimes it's six hours straight of nonstop. you know people are coming in lines out the door and for six hours you manage somebody in a high stress environment while some people break down because you know they're getting yelled at and food's mm-hmm. taking too long whatever it may be <laughs> but um it's shaped everything with how i do real estate my work ethic my long hours the way i conversate with people um, how I manage myself, how I manage my time, mm. everything, everything. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that learning to handle people, sometimes difficult people, would you say that that's um, assisted you in your real estate endeavors so far? Without a doubt. Yeah. L- mm. Like, like I said, you know, you get, you get your great customers, like you do great clients in real estate and you get the not so great ones that are, <laughs> that are a little more even, difficult. Even if they're not, um, even if they're, they're not bad people necessarily, moving is very stressful. It is. And it is. so sometimes it does unfortunately bring out the, the worst or the crazy in some people who are ordinarily pretty even keeled. You know, whenever you're in the middle of, of buying something and moving out of something else and, you know, it can just emotions are heightened and elevated and you know yeah so uh so i mean it's it's the same thing with the restaurant if you think Mm -hmm. about it because you don't know what somebody's going through you know they might not act like this on a day-to-day basis you just happen to catch them in that in that kind of moment so i always always give everyone the benefit of the doubt you know you can't judge somebody off the first time meeting them um for the most part i guess but it's yeah it's the same thing with real estate and honestly real estate from a client perspective is a lot more stressful than just walking into a restaurant and getting food. Yeah. So yeah, you're moving your whole life, whether it's out of state, (laughs) in state, down the road, you know, it's everything that you have is going somewhere else. And that's, that's a lot. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you, you started out at a, at another firm and then joined us. I want to say, has it been about nine or 10 months now? Would you guess? Yeah, around nine or 10 months. And you joined us, um, intending to, to work in the luxury market and start to attract some, some more luxury inventory to your business. And you've been prospecting for luxury listings. So, you know, maybe if you just want to share some of your thoughts about luxury real estate in general, how you've been planning to kind of work more in this, in that, in that segment of the market, just, you know, any thoughts that come to mind? I'd love to talk more about that. Yeah. I mean, from, I'm sure that's most people's goals, but from the start of real estate, I've always wanted to do luxury side. Um, I've always been intrigued with, with higher price point homes, the luxurious lifestyles, you know, on the water, Mm -hmm. condo lifestyles, whatever, whatever it is, it's, I've always been attracted to the higher end ones and that when I, when I joined preferred shore, you know, I got out of, I was, I don't want to say I was uncomfortable with my last brokerage because mm-hmm. that wasn't entirely the case, but they, I just felt like jumping to those high price ranges with them just wouldn't work out as well. Okay. And so I never did. I was a little too nervous. I was a little too afraid. And then when I made the transition to preferred shore with you guys, you guys kind of helped me get out of that you know, get out of my own head, so to speak, mm-hmm. and break out of my shell and actually start contacting these these homeowners with million dollar, two, three, four, five million dollar properties, mm-hmm. um, introducing myself, getting in front of them. And then after getting in front of them, you know, you go to that first meeting super nervous. And after that, mm-hmm. it was, they're, they're normal people, you know, right, it's, right. they just happen to have more money. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's that's what it, what, really what it came down to. And it's it's gotten easier over time. It's yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna say it's fully easy right now getting into those appointments and talking just because you know people react differently, um, but it's I'm comfortable now. Right. 
So there's a lot of agents that are also interested and aspire to work more in the luxury business. I mean, what would what advice maybe would you have for an agent that maybe hesitating because they don't feel maybe maybe it's a worthiness? Get issue out of your own or, way. Yeah. yeah, get out of your own way because that, that's that's all it is. I had nobody telling me that I couldn't do multi-million dollar properties. Nobody was like, oh, you don't belong there. I put that into my own head, you know, mm. and that. I was in my own way and then I finally got out of it and it became a lot easier after that. Yeah, yeah. How do you think about um, servicing you know, customers in the luxury market? Is it is it a, a different approach or do you think of it to be pretty similar to... Some, sometimes, yeah. mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, it just depends. I've ran into a lot more unique homes at, at the higher price ranges. Um, so they might take maybe some additional special marketing, mm -hmm. um, the way you introduce that home to clients, um, the way you talk about it, maybe a little different. Um, but I don't think there's much like nothing crazy in, in sure. most aspects. I'm sure if you grab, you know, a 10 or 20, 30, $40 million house, you <laughs> might have to go really above and beyond and figure right. out different ways, creative ways to, to advertise it. But yeah, I don't, I don't see it being too different. Yeah, that that would be my perception also, yeah. I guess, that I would share is that it really isn't that much different. Um, but um, I was just curious your yeah. your input on Same that. Thing. <laughs> so these days you've now and um, you you'll know your stats just a little better than I. Um, I if I'm not mistaken, I think you've listed five or six properties with us now that are all over two million dollars. You've maybe uh, listed a few four, a few more than that. Four actually. Four I over think only four, four over two million. Okay. Yes, four over. Yeah, two, yeah. yeah. And then yeah, yeah. Okay, so four and over you've, two million. You've sold a couple of them. Correct. Two of those. Had, uh, right now, yeah. $2 million buyer under contract Correct. that called on one of those. So, you know, clearly what you're working on now is really gaining some traction. And if I'm not mistaken, I think you put in um, two, two listings in the last week or so. One uh, that was $3 million one, and, and then the second one's coming in about a week or two. Got you know, it. We're just waiting to lay foundation for that one. Right. But yeah, the one I just put up recently is the Longboat Key New Construction, which is okay. the five bed, five bath, and uh, 3,820 square feet right mm -hmm. across the street from... Um, the Gulf mm -hmm. on Longboat Key, and that one's going for three million one hundred ninety-five thousand. Yeah, that's awesome. Any mm -hmm. um, special marketing initiatives or anything that come to mind to share for a property like that? Maybe that's new construction or. Um, so we have. I'm doing what I've done for the other ones, and mm -hmm. I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit the streets of Longboat and kind of get the word out there myself, mm -hmm. maybe to to people that don't go on Zillow or don't go on the internet or don't have an agent that they're working with. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, I have my flyers, I have my bifolds. I'm also send out postcards. We have our property website for it. Um, just trying to get really creative with yeah. this with this pre-construction one. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, um, I, and I love what you just mentioned there to kind of to hit the streets. So you've got a little extra energy and enthusiasm than most to literally get out. You know, not not just figuratively, but literally get out and hit the streets mm -hmm. and go kind of door to door, meeting neighbors and having conversations. Um, is that something that you would recommend to others, or do you think that it's something that only you're no. good at with your type of personality? Not or? a chance. I think. <laughs> It's another fear concept. It's I think it's because I still get butterflies in my stomach. I still get sick to my stomach before walking up to some doors, and I don't yeah. think that's ever going to go away. Yeah. Just you just don't know how the person on the other end of that door is going to react. Right. But if you're okay with rejection, you're okay with them saying no or slamming the door on your face. Why does it matter? True. You know, you just you let you let them slam the door and you move on to the next one. Yeah. Um, and that's it. 
I mean, and, and you've done quite a bit of door knocking. I, I mean, how many doors would you say, would you guess that you've knocked? I mean, uh, um, so I didn't do a whole lot of door knocking with my previous brokerage. Okay. Uh, that was over there. I did a majority of cold calling. When I transferred here, I also started hitting doors. So in the last nine months, I would say, shoot, I can't, I don't even think I can give you a number like, yeah. off the top of my head. Yeah. More, more than a thousand, would you guess? No, under that, I would uh -huh. say. But yeah. I'm just curious. I mean, when, in, in, in that time, what, you know, what's the worst reaction that you've had from, from anybody? I'm just curious. Honestly, the worst one, and it's not even bad, <laughs> is when we knocked the door and then the lady, her dog started barking. She, so I like didn't want to take up her time at all. Yeah. So I gave her what we were holding. I was like, you know, if you have any questions, feel free to call. The interaction lasted maybe 15, 20 seconds. And instead of calling us, she decided to call the office and try to get us in trouble for it. Right. And right. that was honestly the worst that yeah. I've ran into so far, which is nothing. Yeah. That, yeah, you know? that's not a, uh, I haven't really yeah. had anybody slam doors in my face. <laughs> I'm just preparing myself for it. Cause I know it's going to happen eventually. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I haven't really, thankfully haven't ran into anybody that's really been too hostile. Good. Well, you know, one, one way to think of it, and I know that you're, you do frame it with this type of an outlook that you're there to deliver valuable information. You're not just, you know, knocking on doors saying that, you know, pick me, I'm a realtor. Correct. You know, you have some information that you're bringing along mm -hmm. with info that could have a material impact on the equity in their own home. Sure. You know, so it's valuable info. Um, you know, what, what, what kinds of things do you like to bring along or what, you know, maybe, maybe give an example of a, of a good conversation that happened um, while you're door knocking? So a really good conversation. Um, I actually got invited into somebody's house. This was four or five months ago. And this was just from me introducing myself as a realtor. I had nothing in my hands at that point. Okay. Yeah, I had maybe a business card with me and that was mm -hmm. it. I just wanted to go out. Um, this was actually towards the start, I think, when I really started hitting door knocking full-fledged mm -hmm. um so i didn't really go out with much my he opened the door introduced myself he was like you want to come in i was like okay that's you know <laughs> this doesn't happen but sure yeah i'd love mm -hmm. to so we, i went in um we, he showed me around his house we started talking he told me he had lived in here for the last 22 or 20 25 years something along those lines um showed me everything that this house had to offer and and didn't want so i didn't up, ended up listening it don't, i don't even think he listed it. Yeah, I think he's still living in that property. Mm -hmm. um, we touch base every so often. But uh, I would like to think because of our 30 to an hour, whatever it was, the, the walkthrough that he gave me and a conversation that we had that I'm going to be his real estate agent. And mm -hmm. I didn't bring anything of value at that point. I just brought myself. And right. he just happened to like my personality. He complimented me on being young and hungry and door knocking when a lot yeah. of people weren't doing that. Yeah. And I think just because of that, just because like just hitting the streets, I think gets a lot of people's attentions, especially, oh, absolutely. Yeah. especially the affluent customers that have worked to where they're at now and like sure. grinded, you know, for the first 30, 40, 50 years of their lives. They appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And just because of that alone, I think they'll give you a little more time than, mm -hmm. than a lot of people think that they would. I completely agree. So mm -hmm. the energy and enthusiasm that you have is contagious. And it's almost like yeah. if you light a fire, people will come around to, to watch it burn, you know, so I would love to know maybe if you're willing to share what, what motivates you or how do you start your day to, to, you know, be primed for success? 
Um, and, and maybe we can get into more of like the reason why, you know, why, why are you running around like a, <laughs> like, yeah. like maniac to succeed at a high level at this business? <laughs> yeah. I, um, so I'll, I'll just go back. So before my daughter was born, I was in a routine where I was waking up every day, four 30, I would go to the gym by five. Wow. Start my day really early just cause after after you know i don't know how my schedule would be fully like say you get something unexpected and it drags you two or three hours later than you wanted to stay sure. up, for example you, instead of coming home at six you end up coming home eight or nine and if i don't do those tasks in the morning like the gym and like kind of my own alone time mm-hmm. you might not get it throughout the whole day and there was a lot of days where i didn't get it so my free time was at five in the morning and mm-hmm. i would go for an hour hour and a half that's just me time you know i get to focus on myself i get to just go in there push weight and and just kind of release the stress of, of the week or the day mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and then after my daughter was born, it kind of messed up my schedule a little bit. You know, newborn in the house, she her schedule was out of whack. Um, and then just recently, probably for like the last two months, two or three months, I got back on that routine. But instead of 4.30, I've been up at 5. I go to the gym by like 5.15. And wow. Same kind of routine. And that helps me throughout the whole day. Yeah. Like it's, I'm on top of it. I feel way more focused. I have... People think waking up early, you know, you're going to be drained. I'm, I have way more energy than I do than when I sleep until like 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it, it helps throughout the whole whole day. What time were you going to bed to be up at that time? I try to be at bed by like 10, 10.30, but yeah. most nights I end up going to bed at like 11, 11.30. Wow. Yeah. yeah so I'm sitting on like six hours of sleep. Yeah. Um, I guess we all require a little bit... <laughs> different, <laughs> different yeah, sleep different. levels because mm-hmm. um, I'm definitely an eight hour a night sleeper myself but uh, and, I, and I feel visibly ill if I don't get a good solid see I, I yeah. feel visibly ill if I sleep too much <laughs> yeah and, yeah and it's weird like I'll, I'll be drowsy and tired throughout the whole day mm-hmm. we all find our different rhythms so what makes you know what what is the driving force behind you know the why you're working so hard and you know and, and clearly you're enjoying this and this is yeah. what's a pleasure for me to watch as, as a leader that's, you know, brought a lot of very dynamic salespeople into our organizations. You can always find whenever somebody's really in alignment with their purpose and the activities that they're, that they're taking on that, you know, it doesn't even seem like work. It's like, you're just really having a great time and, uh, uh, you know, yeah. um, and, and it, and we can tell. So, you know, what, it, what is that inside of you that's driving you? What are, what are your future plans as you succeed? You know, I'd love to know more. Um, so my drive ultimately is my daughter. She has been, you know, the main reason why I've been pushing so hard. That and my parents, oddly enough, because my parents growing up worked a ton. Mm. Worked like 14, 15 hour days constantly. You know, I was either watched by my siblings or we would have like a, what do you call that? Like an in-house nanny. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a lot of my childhood was growing mm-hmm. up like that. And I hated it, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, as a little kid, you don't get to see your parents all that often. It sucks. Um, as I grew older, obviously I realized why, you know, they were doing all that for us. But when I got into real estate, you know, my main goal was to help them retire. Okay. Yes. I wanted, mm-hmm. I wanted to be the reason that maybe not the sole reason, but I wanted to get them to stop working and I want them to actually be able to enjoy themselves because they're still working mm-hmm. constantly, mm-hmm. you know? I want Mm. them to be able to travel, do whatever it may be. And then my daughter was born and that just kicked everything into overdrive. You know, like, yes, yes. Like it was, it's one thing when you, when like you realize that you're going to be a a parent. Sure. But when the, when your daughter or son's actually born is like, it's a whole, like I didn't 
I knew I was going to be a dad, but I didn't know I was going to be a dad, you know? Yeah. And then, yeah. And then when, when my daughter was born, everything was like, oh, this is real. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah. So I had to just kick it full drive then. and Instant maturity. And, yes. And she was born at the weirdest time. She was born April 1st of last year, peak COVID. Yeah. The media is telling you wild things, you know? So I'm worried. Right. I'm yeah, freaking cause... out. So I took, I took a long break from everything you know I, like for three or four months i didn't do anything right just, and that was um was the quarantine already into effect at that point yeah, when it, she was, was, it okay. was it was it yeah. was so like we didn't were you even able to be part of the delivery at the hospital or so i i was good um good, but they yeah. told me so we have we have animals at home as well and i really mm-hmm. you know quarantine i didn't have anybody to go and take them out so mm-hmm. i went to the hospital they were like you can come in but you can't get out Mm. And I was like, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, I have to. Yeah. So thankfully they were understanding and they did let me go in and out. They just, when you were going back in, all they did was you hand sanitizer. They took your temperature, yeah. make sure you were good. And then they sent you up. Got it. And that was yeah. it. Mm. It was a lot easier than I thought, like, you know, <laughs> going in there at first, it sounded like they were kind of like a lockdown and not a chance you were getting out of here. So. Right. Right. Well, you know, in the end it all worked out and yeah. obviously thank goodness nobody, nobody's ill or no one, anything. Thankfully. Yeah. But, um, but, but, you know, definitely a strange time, but I'm sure it was kind of nice in a way to be able to spend, you know, m- more time than average, I guess, with your daughter. Whenever I'm, I'm blessed. The newborn. Not, yeah. Seriously. I'm like, you, you like almost never get both parents to stay home. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and sometimes you get neither parents because right. you know, both of them have to work. Um, and we were just lucky enough, fortunate enough that we both could stay home for the first three or four months of her, of her life. Amalia still stays at home. She's a stay at home mom, but, mm-hmm. um, it was awesome. It was awesome yeah. watching my daughter. I didn't really get to miss any moments at all in the first four months, which is great. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, here we are sitting in the, you know, about mid midway through the year through mm-hmm. 2021, you've had a great beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tell, tell me maybe how you think about your goal setting process or visualizing things. I know you have like a, a whiteboard system that you like to yeah, work from. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd love to just know more about, uh, how you set goals and, um, you know. I, so I've set more, I've tried a new let me start off first. Um, I'm trying a whole new kind of concept, which is the 12-week year, mm-hmm. which I'm really enjoying. Um, mm-hmm. It's supposedly you do more in 12 weeks than a lot of people do in 12 sure. months. Which there's a, a book, if there I'm is. not mistaken. There yet. is. Mm-hmm. And I read that, really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. They have a whole website and a whole plan. I, it's a really thorough mm-hmm. and well-thought-out plan. But um, <clears throat> when I was doing just long-term, um, I always just set it either yearly or five years down the line. Mm-hmm. When I first got into real estate, I told myself five years down the line, I'm going to be doing a million GCI mm-hmm. every single year. I want to do that before mm-hmm. five years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking maybe three or four years. So the following year, you know, I want to start getting up right to, to those high numbers and get close to that, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, it's before just saying it kind of didn't seem all yeah. that realistic, but now yeah, it's, but what's that come to about 35 million a year in closed, closed volume, volume, give or yeah. take, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, like roughly, you know, sure. just, if mm-hmm. you get flat 3% the whole time and right you now, yeah, we you know we have one agent in the office who's already done that in the mid, midpoint well of aware. the year, so I'm it's well uh, definitely possible. It is. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's killing it. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so the twelve twelve week year mm-hmm. concept. How? What are some of the principles that you can kind of escalate your your timeline? You basically just pump up what you've been doing to higher numbers. Okay. Um, so instead of like we like 
so I do it with two other guys from from a, from a different brokerage. We meet every Monday and kind of discuss mm-hmm. what we did the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just kind of compete with each other, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice. I like that. It I is like nice. The yeah. competitive aspect of it. But um, <clears throat> so we have, for example, one is like set ten appointments for one week, mm-hmm. which is. At first, we did both buyer and seller appointments, you know, and we'd get like six, seven, eight, and then we just changed it to just seller appointments. Okay. So you have to get 10 seller appointments in a week. Okay. Whether it's through cold calling, door knocking for sale by owner. Once you hit that threshold inside their doorway, when you walk into that house, that's one appointment mm-hmm. done in there, you know? Mm-hmm. We, like the buyer previews and all that was very easy to do. So we decided to yeah. kind of push that to the side and right. focus on sellers. Um, and it is a lot harder than, than you think it is to hit 10 in one week. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. You right. know, it's when then you usually with sellers have to follow up, yes. you know, with the ones that you've met in the past week or, or weeks. Yeah. Correct. So. And the nice thing about the 12 week year is like, you can input all that data and kind of keep track of it through there as well. Mm-hmm. If you're consistent on the website, which, which I enjoy quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Now we've, we've talked a little bit about, um, your, your story and conveying your story to customers as well. You know, if, if I were entertaining, you know, a sale of my own home and, and we were meeting at a listing appointment, you know, what are some things maybe that you would share to encourage me to list with you? What are some things that are a little bit unique about the service that you provide? Um, just, I would talk a lot about my work ethic. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, it's a, it's a kind of general thing to talk about, I suppose, but I would just say things like I, I am young, I'm hungry, I have stuff to lose while maybe these other agents that are that I'm competing with in the luxury in the luxury market that have been doing it for 10 20 30 years they might not have as much to lose as I do you mm-hmm. know they could already have 10 or 15 20 listings that they're sitting on in a team and but I don't I don't have that you know mm-hmm. so like all my energy will be focused on getting that specific property sold and I mm-hmm. won't give up you know I like mm-hmm. out of my listings I have no expired so far yeah I would like to keep that track record the going thousand percent batting average correct i would i would, I would like to <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and i and i would explain that to mm-hmm. to whoever i'm meeting with uh, whichever seller and just just let them know that i will not stop until mm-hmm. until the house gets sold yeah um, and then i go into of course you know what we do as far as marketing and sure all the wonderful things that preferred short does for for our listings and yeah usually after that it's like Okay, we've we've made it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if you don't mind to speak a little bit more about some of the marketing process that that you share, because I know you have a little experience at another firm, and then you know we do things a little different. Maybe if there's any highlights that come to mind, some things that you enjoy about the the way that we market and position you to take more listings. Yeah, I mean, so when I was at my previous brokerage, I would third party, I would outsource the photography. It wasn't in broker in house Mm -hmm. marketing. so moving to a concept like that, it's way different and way better in my opinion. You mm-hmm. know, like Keith, the the marketing director that we have is always on point. It's it's and it's super helpful and it it re, I don't want to say reduces stress, but it's just like it it doesn't mm-hmm. make you so anxious as like oh is my guy going to show up? Is he going to do it properly? Because yeah. you know it's going to get done properly. You yeah, know, and then yeah. you, like he helps with creating bifolds, flyers, postcards, any kind of marketing material you can possibly think of mm-hmm. i'm almost certain that we could do sure which is which is awesome uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. property websites you know uh, of course like the videography and drone imagery and and everything um mm-hmm. but yeah it's 
it, it goes above and beyond. Yeah, well, I'm glad to hear you're happy. I mean, from our vantage point, the idea is just to simplify your business. And um, what a lot of agents sometimes don't recognize, and I know, I know you certainly do, that if, even if you get a beautiful video from a third-party service, now it's incumbent upon you to be the one to publish that video. Right. So, you know, it's taking time out of your day. But not only that, you know, if you're not properly publishing things to the, with the right distribution methods and outlets that, you know, it's, it's one thing to have a beautiful video, but if nobody sees it, what, yeah. you know, what, what difference does <laughs> yeah, what's it the make? Point? Yeah. So, you know, so I, I think it simplifies things that when our in-house marketing department's able to publish the content, we know how to distribute it to audiences that we've already established. So it's actually getting some really great exposure. Yeah. Um, the, the social media aspect as well, mm -hmm. how you guys have your Facebook group with Instagram, Facebook, are you guys on TikTok or anything else like that? I we are on TikTok, yeah, oh, but sweet. I can't I say I've ever seen it because yeah, I yeah. don't have time to look at TikTok myself. Yeah, that's, that's a big thing. That's a big thing that we should we should mm -hmm. consider getting into even deeper. But nonetheless, um, <laughs> yeah. So you're like you get other people sharing your listing, your sale, whatever it may be. So you right. get that exposure that you wouldn't get otherwise. Right. And yeah. Right. That's, that's also super helpful. Yeah. And then I know, you know, one thing that's interesting and it might be a little bit self-serving for me to bring up the topic, but I think it's worth, worth mentioning that um, a lot of our top agents, yourself included, have chosen to participate in our platinum partnership, which yeah. is a little unique in this industry as well. Basically, it's, in my opinion, a great cash flow management tool because we build that into the brokerage split. We don't have any out-of-pocket costs for um, any of the marketing that's created on, on the listings. Even if they expire unsold, it doesn't cost anything to the Correct. agent. So, um, so maybe if you could share, has that helped you be a little more aggressive to get more listings? Or how do you think about... Um, it has, mm -hmm. just because I can share my previous marketing that you guys have done for me or Keith has done for me. Um, that helps, of course. And then if I do get a new listing or when I get a new listing... I just have to tell Keith about it, you know, mm -hmm. and then it's basically taken care of after mm -hmm. that, which is awesome. You don't have to micromanage anything. Like you don't have to tell him you want this done, this done, this done. You can, you know, sure. any, any like crazy additions that you'd like to do, but mm -hmm. all of it for the most part is done, you know, like you don't have to worry after, after you tell him about it. And that's, that, that helps me tremendously because like I said, I don't have to micromanage. I can just go focus on a different listing, mm -hmm. start getting more or whatever I'm planning on doing that day. And sure. Yeah. Right. Have you um, had some of the transaction and listing management support yet? Or are you still kind of doing transaction that once? Okay. Right now. Good. Good. Uh, my first okay. time recently, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's nice. It's nice <laughs> not it's nice not having to write everything up on your own. You know, we just we're filling in blanks nonetheless. But yeah, after doing it, you know, maybe for a week straight, because right. say, say you have an active buyer in here and. Yeah, you know the market's the way it is, and you can't win every <laughs> offer. So sometimes you lose four or five in a row, and if you're the one writing those up yourself, it gets it starts to get exhausting. Right, right, and time consuming. Of course, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you know the the rationale and, and the reason I, I bring this up, you know, our our purpose is to make sure that agents such as yourself can we can refine and simplify the process enough mm -hmm. for you to be able to focus on revenue productive activities so that you know like in in the example of the listing and transaction management 
the, to me, the less time that you're spending doing the admin assistant work, the more time and energy that you have to focus on activities, number one, that you probably enjoy more right. and that are more revenue productive so that, you know, um, hopefully the, the goal, the intent is, you know, frees you up to, to prospect more, succeed more, give better, give better service to the customers that you already have. So it really does. Yeah. 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 Cause it does get. The, the admin work that you're mentioning does get extremely time consuming, you know, it, depending it, on how many people you're can. working with at one time. Yeah, you, right. You take up a whole day. And it, it certainly can. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And then if you're anything like me, I mean, when I was in production, I would not be a happy camper to sit there at a computer trying to do the admin work associated with each file. I would just, you know, I just yeah. get grumpy when I'm in front of a computer. I'd much yeah. rather be having, you know, fun, friendly conversations with people. So. I do enjoy other things more than admin work, yes. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah, thank goodness there's people that love that yeah. sort of work, and we Seriously. all we all have our have our place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so maybe you know, we'll go. We'll take a few steps back, and you know, why why real estate? How did you find this industry? Was there someone in your family or a friend that you knew who had uh, succeeded in real estate? Nope. nope. Um, that was from my own. It was my it was my idea to get into real estate. Interesting. And, um, it was more so just I didn't, I didn't want to work in a restaurant my whole life. Mm-hmm. And as much as you know, I could have eventually down the line taken over my family's restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't want to do 15, 16 hour days constantly. Right. Um, it's just that just didn't look like it was for me. So when I wanted to pursue something with no cap, I looked at real estate. You know, yeah. there's other sales, but uh, real estate intrigued me the most, just because you get to see how other people live, you know, their houses, whatever areas up from 200,000 up to, you know, 10 million. It's, Mm -hmm. you can experience all of that. And that's coming from an area where I, I never really got to experience too much of like the multi-million dollar homes. Mm -hmm. It was so new to me and I was always so curious and curious what they did and curious how they got there. And, you know, it's just when you get to meet those people and talk to them, whether they're your clients or not, they Mm -hmm. tend to share their experiences with you and how they got there. And, I've always found that super intriguing and I got into real estate for the money. There was no cap. You can, you can make Mm -hmm. as much money as you're willing to work. Um, and then I'm still in it for the money, but a lot of my thought process has shifted. You know, it's now it's genuinely about helping people and first time home buyers and, and Mm -hmm. helping sellers like if their house hasn't sold in two years or expired three times, you know, they're frustrated. Mm-hmm. They're thinking their house is never going to sell. And if I'm able to be the one that helps them sell it, mm-hmm. that's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome because they, you know, they're, they're grateful and they, they'll tell you they're grateful and they're appreciative. And that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was nobody that pushed me into real estate. Nobody that told me I should get into it. I kind of got into it myself. And yeah. Do you, re- do you recall how you initially kind of discovered the opportunity in real estate or, um, I thought about it for a very long time. Yeah. And I would talk about it with like my parents, my girlfriend, whoever it may be. And they were always like, you should just do it. You should just do it. And I was like, yeah, I will. I will. I will when the time <laughs> comes. You know, I was working at the restaurant at that, at that time. So um, I just thought I'm, I'm okay right now. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. content. Mm-hmm. You know, I, didn't, I didn't really have – I didn't feel like I had a reason to really make a ton of money and go above and beyond because I was doing good. I was doing well at that time. Right. Um, but then I just, you know, I just started seeing how, like how many hours I worked, how many hours the people around me worked and Mm -hmm. 
not not exactly that I was paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. but pretty damn close to it. And sorry, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> pretty close to it. And I, I wanted to get out of it, you know. So yeah. I've always, you know, I've watched YouTube videos with like Ryan Serhant and all them before, even before yeah. I got into real estate. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just gonna do real estate, you know. And then I found Bob Hogue School real uh, real estate. Up in the one in Allenton, I think it yeah, is. Yeah, that's actually the the instructor I used for my license 20, really? 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> I did their online course, so mm-hmm. I did everything from home. Mm-hmm. Um, finished it way faster than I thought I would, because you get you have what sixty three hours. Sixty is in class, and a three hour final exam of that correct. one. Yeah, correct. Um, and you can finish it when you do it online. You can finish it at, at your pace. So yeah. As fast as you want to burn through it, you can. I burned through it in like probably less than two weeks. Mm-hmm. The whole course, and then. Yeah, it was probably like eight or nine days that I did it. And then took my state exam, got a 74% out of 75 that I needed to pass the first time. Yes, brutal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They tell you not to change your answers when you go back. Yeah. I did the whole thing and I went through it and I changed like five of them just because I felt in my bones that they weren't right. Right. And that might have been what did you in. Correct. (laughs) And so obviously being bummed, you know, I went back home, studied again for the next week, retook it and thankfully passed the second time. Yeah. Um, Excuse me. Can we cut that out? Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying for the last like ten minutes to not to clear this to not uh, die. Yes, to not die. <laughs> we were doing great. <laughs> okay. I think this conversation is going much better than the last iteration. Yeah. No, you're you're doing. You're doing great. <laughs> I told you, looking through the video and watching the whole thing last time, it gave me a lot of pointers. And should well, you're f- both feet's on the ground. Yes. Yeah, that, was, that was my first pointer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if I, ever I keep my foot up here, again, but it doesn't wander much. It just kind of... Yeah, I, I don't notice it when I'm talking. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let me set back up here. <sighs> that was good. So we were talking about your Bob Hogue didn't pass the test, passed it thankfully. Correct. So I'll start off at that again. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Let me itch and then we're we're good to go. Um, So yeah, I didn't pass it the first time. Thankfully passed it the second after I came back and redid it. Um, already had a brokerage lined up, my first one that I joined at that point. So right when I passed, I went to the brokerage office, did all the onboarding, started right away. Um, spent a lot of my free time doing real estate because at that point I was working, you know, 40 plus, 50 plus hours a week at the restaurant. Right. Um, so I would finish my day at the restaurant and then any remaining time that I had after that, I dedicated entirely to real estate and learning. Um, I didn't have the greatest support when I started as far as like from a broker standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, so that put a little bit, what I like to like, maybe a little bit of a damper on, on what I could have been doing. Perhaps. I learned, yeah. yeah, I learned a lot of what I know now by myself. Sure. Um, but I've always been like that. Mm -hmm. Even through school, I always preferred learning on my own, you know, than somebody telling me something, but spent a lot of hours on YouTube videos and books and, Reddit posts and whatever else I can find <laughs> real estate related that might help me. Yeah. Um, and did a lot of open houses. You know, I got into cold calling maybe two or three months after I started real estate. Um, it took me a very, very long time to get comfortable 
actually dialing like a proper amount of numbers. Mm-hmm. And then I got to the point where I was doing about 200 calls per day. Wow. Um, yeah. And it would vary on how many times people would answer. Sometimes out of 200 calls, you'd get two people that mm-hmm. answered. Mm-hmm. And then you have 150 plus voicemails, you know, sent out and hoping for a callback. And then you know, other days you do 200 calls and you have 80 people that answer. Mm-hmm. So it really varies. And it's, it builds your confidence over time. Um, it's still scary. Yeah, you know, I still get nervous. Not not so much scary, but just kind of yeah. nerve wracking, just because you don't know who's gonna answer and what they're gonna say <laughs> to you. But as much as I as much as I want to think, the worst thing that they can yeah. say is no. You know, sometimes it's a little worse than no. Yeah, we we are in the rejection business. Correct. I correct. Mean, but your uh, your job is essentially to interrupt people to yes. hopefully give them some information that you feel so you know, kind strongly of convicted yes. about that they yes. need to they need to know what you've what you've got to share you know? correct <laughs> um yeah providing some kind of value to them any kind you know and a lot of people would give you the time of the day and those are the phone calls that make a full difference even if they don't buy or sell something with you yeah just because they spent time talking to you for two three four five minutes on the phone yeah you start feeling a lot more comfortable with the other calls people will be like i don't want to do anything with you but i congratulate you for calling right and even that makes you feel so good and you just keep That's going cool. and yeah right. it's, it was good it was well good. you you mentioned um that at first you got into real estate for the money there's Correct. nothing wrong with that but mm-hmm. as you've experienced more in this business you're recognizing the ways that you truly add value and serve people and that you're enjoying that now. So as it relates to your, your prospecting activities and calling people, um, you know, as you help more customers, you get to hear some of about the poor experiences that they may have had with other realtors, unfortunately. So, you know, I I think that as you progress and you've got a servant's heart, you're wanting to, to help people, um, when that, that you feel confident, that it would be a you know it would almost be a mistake for them to choose to work with with another realtor when you know that you can do a much better job than than average you yes. know may, maybe I think that that that's kind of the the ingredient that's necessary for somebody before they start picking up the phone because like you said it's scary it especially is. if you're not confident in what you have to offer yes. but the moment that you recognize you're trying to save somebody from a poor experience yeah, or just yeah. help in any way that you can and once you mm-hmm. can once you actually start doing it for the purpose of helping those angry phone calls and all that they're it's kind of the other person's problem not yours right, you know, right. You're, you're just calling to help sure you know, if they don't want your help that's that's fine but right you know it's it, it gets a lot easier it does <laughs> well it does. good so um so speaking of getting easier what is what are some some key uh pieces of advice that you would give to Newer agents for, you know, general real estate, maybe maybe someone looking to get into luxury as well. You know, what what are some things maybe that you wish that somebody had shared with you when you were a little earlier on in your journey? Um, if you're going to listen to other agents, I would listen to the ones that have produced and have <laughs> done really well for themselves. Right. I spend a lot of time getting a lot of misinformation from people that I probably should not have listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sent me on whole, a whole bunch of different paths. Okay. Because you know, one agent will tell me this, the other one tells yeah. me that. And then once you start talking to the ones that have been producing, they always, for the most part, it's it's the straight line with all of them. Yeah. Um, take proper advice. Um, be okay with rejection. That's for sure. Um, keep keep yourself accountable and maybe find an accountability partner if that's a struggle because not everybody can hold themselves accountable. Mm-hmm. It's a difficult thing to do. Um yeah, getting a group, doing an accountability group, that always helped me. When I first started, we would do cold calls with like four of us. 
from mm-hmm. like different states and hop on FaceTime together and we'd kind of compete and see who can get the most emails or whatever we were going for that day. And that made it so much fun and so much easier. Right. Um, don't give up. It's just generic as that sounds, you know, and <laughs> especially in the market that we're in, there is going to be a lot of agents that are going to give up. Sure. Um, just because you're going to lose buyers, you're going to lose sellers, you're going to, you know, submitting five, six, seven offers and losing is not what anybody wants to do, but right. it's how it is right now. And, mm-hmm. and we don't know how long it's going to be for us. So you just got to push through it. And, and that's, that's really it. I, it's another generic saying, you know, you take care of the work, the work take care, takes care of you. Mm-hmm. I believe that strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always thought the harder you work, the luckier you get. Luck is not real in my opinion. It's, mm-hmm. it's always, you know, you're in that position for a reason. Um, so I've always thought, you know, the more you work, the, the more luck comes your way. Uh, I would agree. <laughs> and that's basically it. Those, those little sayings and those little phrases helped me a lot more than, than I really thought they would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's excellent. I know, I know there's a lot of people that really would value that. And if, um, anybody would like to reach out to you to have a conversation, whether it be career advice or customers wanting to buy or sell real estate what's the best way to to get a hold of you email text call uh, my phone number is 941-400-5165 my email is just ivan at preferredshore.com facebook instagram i'm very strong with communication from what i like to think you know so mm-hmm. i'm good with really, really any form of communication yeah well um thank you again for spending some time Uh, having this conversation and congratulations on all the success that you've been experiencing so far. I'm sure this is just the beginning and there's much more to come, but you're off to a very um, strong and inspirational start. A lot of people are really kind of watching you and cheering you on as as you succeed and show people the way of uh, what's possible here. So yeah, congratulations. (laughs) Well, thank you all for joining us and uh, we'll look forward to speaking again soon. Bye everyone.